You know what's amazing, and we're going to talk about today, is that God invites us into an experience, not just where we can experience his grace for forgiveness to become, have our past forgiven and our lives cleansed, but he invites us into a journey with him. And that's my question I want to pose to us today. Just how far are you willing to go with God? Um, we've been in a series um, called Simon Says for the last several weeks, and we're going to wrap it up today. And like Pastor Will said, we're going to kick off a brand new sermon series next week called Parallel. And I'm really excited about that as we talk about how the Old Testament and the New Testament just work so well in sync as God reveals his heart. And uh, I'm going to be on vacation in the next couple of weeks. We're going to go get our grandkids out in Baltimore and bring them back for a couple of weeks. And we're excited about that. Uh, Pastor Will's going to be preaching in the next couple of weeks for us. And you come anyway, okay? You come anyway, even, even if Pastor Will is preaching, you come anyway. He's good. Amen. Will's good. So, you come. And uh, I always have people, it's always funny when people tell me that want to know if I'm going to be here. And I say, you know what? I'm here when you're not here. So you can be here when I'm not here. This week works both ways. Today, I want to look at a passage of scripture in Luke chapter five. If you want to take your sermon outline out, you can track along with us. And uh, those of you watching online again, we're going to throw it up on the screen so you can look at it. It's uh, from, taken from the New Living Translation. I want to look at it. We've been looking at these stories of Simon Peter and we've been taking a look at his journey of faith and asking ourselves the question, what can we learn from Simon Peter in his interactions with Jesus and as uh, he stumbled forward in his walk, what can we learn from him that'll help us in ours? And today, uh, I think, is, is a message that can really, I think, not only challenge us, I hope you will feel encouraged today uh, that where God wants to take you in your own journey. You ready? Luke chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. Here we go. It says, one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. And so he sat in the boat and he taught the crowds from there. Now, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out to where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I, I, I realized when I read this, this is where I learned how to speak to my wife. If you say so, you know, uh, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees beside Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for what? For people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Everybody say, go deep. Oh, come on. This is the late service. You guys are supposed to be awake. Everybody say, go deep. In God's invitation to us, to this journey of faith, it really is a journey. 
And what I've discovered is that for a lot of us, um, somewhere along the way, we tend to stay in what I would refer to as the more shallow end of the pool. Uh, We want to be forgiven. Uh, We want to make sure that we're going to get to heaven. But God doesn't just invite us to the table for a moment. He invites us to a journey and wants us to take, wants to take us, I really believe, to places that we haven't even imagined. Now, here's my question to you today that I I want you to process with me throughout the morning. How deep are you willing to let God take you? If Jesus gave you the invitation that he gave to Simon Peter, I want to take you out to some deeper water. Would you be willing to go with him? And if you were, where would that deep water be for you? I want to unpack this together. Um, One of the things I started out with when I was working on this is I started thinking about the fact that, I mean, here we have this incredible invitation. Think about this. The God of all the universe invites us not only to, uh, to, to be saved, but he invites us to get to know him and allow him to do wondrous things through our life. And, and I began to ask the question, I wonder, wonder why we don't go deeper than we do. What keeps us from going deeper? And I thought of several things, and you may think of a few more, but let me give you a few that I thought of. You ready? Here, here's a few things that keep us from going deeper with God. One is discouragement. Discouragement. Um, how many of you would be honest enough to admit that even in your walk of faith, there are times you've grown discouraged? Anybody? Yeah. Um, it, it, don't you find it interesting that Simon Peter's first reaction to this invitation from Jesus when Jesus says, you know, let's push out into the, into the water, out to the deeper water. Do you remember what Simon Peter said? We've been doing what? Lord, we've already been, we've been fishing all night. You know, we've been fishing all night. We haven't caught anything. And you want us to, you know, we just got through cleaning our nets. You want us to get back in the boat and go out back into the water. You know, there, there, was, this, <clears throat> there was this whole sense of discouragement going on. And that's sometimes what happens to us. Uh, maybe sometimes that God doesn't answer prayer the way that we want him to. Uh, maybe something that we really feel um, like God want, you know, we would want God to do and God says no or he doesn't respond like we would want him to. Or, or maybe God allows something to happen that we don't think he should allow and it takes place. And uh, we're going, you know, Lord, what's, you know, what's the deal? Or maybe, you know, maybe we've had a stretch where we've tried harder and uh, as we've tried to be, you know, more of what God wants us to be, and then bad things happen, and we're wondering, you know, God, here I am, I'm, I'm doing everything, that, you know, that you want me to do, and, you know, yet this bad stuff's happening. And sometimes we just get discouraged, and then, and then God gives us this invitation, I want to take you deeper, I want, to, I want to take you to some new places. And it's easy to say, you know, I don't know, Lord. And I've, been, I've been working hard all night, it hasn't got me anything yet, why, why should I? And maybe sometimes that's why we... We stay at the shallow end. Another thing I thought of when, when I thought of why we don't go deeper is, is simply fear. It's fear. Um, you know, I, Peter didn't have any idea what Jesus had in mind. And, and I think sometimes when God makes that invitation to us, uh, I, I think it's, you know, I think sometimes we become afraid. Uh, if God invites us to that deeper water, you know, what's, what's he going to show me? You know, what's he going what's to bring, bring to my attention? Uh, what's he going to look at? Uh, you know, what's, what's he going to say? Uh, you know, sometimes that's a, that's a little bit fearful, man, to kind of pull back the curtain and, you know, kind of let God look in. 
Um, I, have you ever seen those successory, successory posters? You know, they've, they've motivational posters. They got, you know, what success is and what courage is. And there's a, there's a satirical whole theme of those two that go on that kind of have uh, all the negative sides of that. And I, I've got one somebody gave me years ago. I just thought this was so funny. And I actually have this picture up in my office. It says, fear it says, you'll never, until you have the courage to lose sight of the sore, you'll never know the terror of being forever lost at sea, you know. And, and I, think, I think that sometimes, uh, you know, what we're afraid of of God, if, if I really open my heart completely to God, if I, if I let God take me everywhere, you know, what is God, what's he going to do? What's he going to do, you know? Um, I was playing, playing golf several years ago in Phoenix with a group of, a group of pastors. And one buddy of mine, he had, he had hit a ball in a sand trap. And he wasn't really that good out of sand traps. And as he, as he walked into the sand trap, he was really funny. He was going down into the sand trap and he was praying out loud. He was going, oh, Lord, help me. Oh, Jesus, please help me with this. You know I'm not good at this. And, oh, Lord, if you'll, if you'll just help me out of this sand trap, I'll do anything you want me to do, Lord. He said, if you'll just help me out of this sand trap and, and make a good shot, Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll, I'll go into missions, Lord. I'll serve third world countries. I'll, I'll do anything you want. And he, he hits the ball, lifts it right out of the sand trap onto the green and into the hole. And it was that petrified look of, oh no, now what, what is God going to do, you know? Where is he going to send me? And, and I think sometimes that's, that's our fear. You know, if we really let God take us to some of those places, what in the world is he going to say? I think that's scary. Uh, a third reason, and I know this is not for anyone in here today, but a third reason I think some of us have a hard time going deeper with God is we have control issues. We have control issues. Now, I know this is a hard thing for, for some of us to confess, but how many of you are sitting next to someone who has control issues? Anybody? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think that's probably true. And why, why I think it's, it's this control issues is because think about this, is, is if God is going to take me, and this is where, you know, where Peter is, if Jesus is the one leading him out to the deep water, you know, where's God going to take me? You know, if I really walk into this, where, where's he going to go? If I really let Jesus navigate my life, where in the world is he going to take me to? I, I don't have any say-so in it. The day, the day that I say, I'll go anywhere you want to go, I put him at the helm. And can we be honest? For those of us who like to be in control, having God at the helm of our lives is a really scary thing to do. A, a fourth one is, that, is, is simply laziness. It's simply laziness. <laughs> now, again, I'm sure nobody in here has ever been accused of being lazy, but when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about how many times in our journey of faith, we, we take that first step, and it's kind of like, you know, once we've been forgiven, and once I know I'm not going to go to hell anymore, it's kind of like, you know, why should I do anymore? Why should I go any further? You know, I, I don't know that I really want to, you know, that's, you got to really paddle out there in that deep water. I don't, I don't know that I really want to put in, you know, that kind of effort. And, and if we're honest, I think sometimes we don't go very far with God because, frankly, we don't want to put the effort into it. We're going to come circle back to that in a minute. Let me give you a, a fifth one. I think another reason we, we find it hard to sometimes go deep with God is because we have a lack of vision. We have a lack of vision. Now, everybody, look at me. Make eye contact for a second. Here's what you need to know. 
God sees infinitely more in you than you see in yourself. God sees infinitely more in you than you see in yourself. And I think sometimes that's why we, we don't really go after that deep water because, you know, again, Peter had no idea what Jesus was about to do in his life, and neither do we. You know, um, you know I remember several years ago reading that great story from Exodus chapter 3 about Moses at the burning bush. You remember that? And, uh, you know, Moses is tending his father-in-law's sheep, minding his own business, and he sees this bush that's on fire. And he steps aside, and this bush starts speaking to him, which probably would have sent me down the mountain in a hurry. But, but uh, Moses, you know, he, he goes, man, what is this? I got I to hit. And, and it was God. And God starts speaking to Moses out of this burning bush. And uh, if you remember, you know, the bush says, you know, take off your shoes because you're on holy ground. And Moses realizes it's God. And, and, and as he's speaking to, to God, God says to Moses, he says, Moses, I want you to go back into Egypt where you're a wanted man, and I want you to walk into the court of the most powerful king on earth, and I want you to tell him to let my people go. Now, when I was reading this one day in my devotions, here's what hit me. That was a divine idea. How long do you think Moses would have had to have been on that mountain by himself before it ever dawned on him to go back to Egypt and tell Pharaoh to let his people go? How long on his own do you think he would have been before he'd ever come up with that? He never would have. You see, get this. Moses had this framework that he saw himself. He saw himself as a fugitive. He saw himself as a guy who tended sheep. He never saw himself as a leader and a liberator of freedom. But God had an imagination for Moses that Moses couldn't see. And I want you to understand this. God has an imagination for you that I promise you, you haven't begun to even dream of yet. Does that make sense to you? You bet. It's a lack of vision. Okay, Pastor Steve, so what do I got to do to go deep? What, what will that mean if I really do decide to go deeper with God? I'm glad you asked. Can I give you a couple of things? Here we go. Here's the first one. God will guide you to the deep, but you will have to do the rowing. God will guide you to the deep, but you will have to do the rowing. Well, when I was reading this story, it hit me that it, Jesus was given the instructions to Simon Peter you go out to the deep. In other words, you do the rowing, you and your buddy, you, you guys do the rowing out there, then you let down your net, and if you will do the rowing and you will let down your net, then I will show up and do my work. Now, this is really critical because I, I would venture to say that for almost every one of us here, if you're here this morning uh, and you came on your own accord, then you at least believe in God and you do want God to work in some form or fashion in your life. But, but sometimes, sometimes we want God to do it all. And there's a, a part of this that when God invites us to this journey, I got to be honest with you, there's a part of this that we're going to have to embrace for ourselves for God to do what God needs to do in our life. Does that make sense to you? Um, I brought a, a basketball with me up on stage this morning, and I know what many of you are thinking. You're thinking, Pastor Steve, you are very old. Please do not hurt yourself. And I'm going to try not to do that this morning. 
My, uh, my grandson gave me this basketball for a Christmas present this last year. And I thought it was so cute that my, uh, my little grandson, who's, uh, what's he turned this month? 10. He'll be 10 in this month, only another week. Um, but he, he went to the, the dollar store with Wanda, and he, he knew what he wanted to get me. And he, I don't know if he knew I used to play basketball, uh, but he, I know he sees me watch the thunder all the time. And uh, so he, he knew that Grandpa needed a basketball. And uh, when I got the ball, I, I just thought, oh, it was so cute. And again, I haven't played basketball in 20 years. I mean, I walked away from the game when I was 45. And, uh, but what brought back was how much time I spent with this thing. You know, I used to, when I, when I started playing basketball in seventh grade, I mean, it, it like took over my life. And I would, I, I started learning how to, how to dribble and how to, how to do different things. And I used to just walk down the street dribbling between my legs, you know, and, and all kind of stuff, trying to get better and better and better at it. And I, and I would, I would go out at the, in my backyard, we put a goal up and I would go out and, and I would shoot and I would shoot and I would shoot and uh, I would do all of that stuff. One year, uh, my senior year in high school, uh, we had a city-wide free-throw shooting contest. It was for high school students and college students. And um, I won that tournament. I actually won that tournament for the whole city. I made 20 out of 20 uh, free-throws to, to win the tournament. But I shot like 1,000 free-throws in the course of three days leading up to the tournament. I just stood at the free-throw line and it went over and over and over again. Then one day I saw, I was watching, how many of you remember Pete Maravich? Pistol Pete back, played for LSU. I remember there was, a, Pete Maravich did a commercial, it was for Vitalis, which I don't even think they have Vitalis anymore. It was a hair cream, which I obviously don't need anymore either. But, but he did this commercial, and he was, Pete Maravich was spinning this ball in his finger. And it was so cool. He was spinning the ball, and he was doing all these tricks. And I remember thinking, oh, man, I want to be able to do that. And I took a ball, and, you know, I, you know it's not, not easy to do. How many of you can spin a ball on your finger? I know a few of you can. Yeah, and it's just, you know, it's not easy to do. But, you know, kept trying, kept trying, kept trying, and kept trying to do it. And, and I'm old now, and, I, you know, it's been, it's been a lot of years. How many of you think I can do this? Wow, six of you. That's a... And I kept doing it, and I kept doing it, and I kept doing it, and I literally used to just walk around spinning this ball all the time, and I even got to where I could take it under my leg. <laughs> You're out of your mind. Yeah. Ain't no way, baby. <laughs> I don't think we got enough medical personnel in the audience for that. <laughs> Here's the point. Uh, I got to play basketball in high school. I got to play all four years in college, and I got, had, a, had a wonderful time, had a wonderful career. If you go over to Mid-America Christian University, you will see my name hanging on a banner in the gym, but you will not see my name hanging on a banner in the library. <laughs> I spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours practicing to become a good basketball player. Now, here's what I want to say to you. Things that are of value to us, if we really want to achieve them, we must give ourselves fully to them. Does this make sense? Here's what I mean. I didn't say, I want to be a great basketball player, so I'm going to put this basketball underneath my bed, and I'm going to sleep above it every night, and, and I believe that if I just sleep above it, somehow that basketball is going to make its way into my life, and I'm going to get good at this. 
You would think, well, Pastor Steve, that's silly. You never get, you'll never get good at basketball if you don't pick it up. True. And you know what? You'll never know your Bible unless you pick it up too. Amen? You see, when we talk about wanting to go deep with God, you do understand that when we want to go deep, God has made his word available to us. And the only way we become immersed in the word of God is, is to pick it up, is to read it, to study it, to reflect on it, to, to let it saturate our lives. The only way to get to know God is to spend time with God. If you want to go deep, there's some rowing, folks, we've got to do, Amen. There's a part of this that we say, you know, Lord, if I want to know you, I've got to block out time to spend time with you because I, I can't just squeeze you into some compartment in my life. Our Bibles don't do any good sitting on the counter or sitting in a drawer. The only way that they change our lives is if we open them and let God speak to us. I love what Hebrews eleven six. he says, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. Read it with me out loud. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I love Jeremiah 29, 13. It's my life verse. Would you read this out loud? You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. When you seek me with all your heart. Heart. He'll be found by those who earnestly seek him. Do you hear? God gives the invitation, but we got to do some rowing. James says this if you'll draw close to God, guess what? God will draw close to you. Amen? Amen. Let me give you another piece of this, and this is where it starts getting really challenging. As if you really want to go deep with God, you're going to have to let God take you to those uncomfortable places of transformation. You're going to have to let God take you to those uncomfortable places of transformation. When we talk about going deep... Everybody look at me because I want you to hear this because you need to know this before you take this step. The day that you decide to go deep with God, here's what I can promise you. He's going to want to take you to some places that you're not going to want to go. And he's going to want to open some doors in your life that you're not going to want to open. Because when we talk about going deep with God, it means, about, it means allowing him into every single compartment of our life. And if we're honest, there are some places that we've tried to hide away and keep God away from. Um, I, I love in, in Acts chapter 10, uh, there's a great story of how God was beginning to work not only in the lives of the Jews, but he was beginning to work in the lives of the Gentiles. This gospel that had been primarily had come first to the Jews was now about to begin to spread around the world. Here was the problem. The Jews, believing that they were God's chosen people, thought that they had exclusive rights to Jesus too. And now Jesus wanted to break through and not just be for the Jews, but for the Gentiles. And, and this was really hard because they, they didn't really believe that the Gentiles were worthy of this grace that God was about to offer. They, there, there was a, a whole new way of thinking that they had to look at this. And, and when God spoke to Peter about this, it was, God spoke to Peter in a dream and Peter was pushing back on God and God was saying, Peter, don't you dare call unclean the things that I, I am calling clean now. 
And God invited Peter to the home of a Gentile. And it was the hardest thing that Peter had ever had to do up to that point. And I love it. You pick it up in Acts chapter 10, verse 28. When Peter went with this group who had invited him to go to this man's house, Peter told them, you know it's against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. Read it with me. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. Now, here, here's the part. For some of us, we already know where God will take us, and it scares us to death. For some of us, if we go deep with God, he's going to confront our prejudices, and we have them. For some of us, if, if, God, if, if God takes us to those deep places, he's going to take us to that, to that habit that we, we've been trying to hide, that we've not overcome. He's going to take us to some of that way of thinking that we've never had challenged. For some of us, he's going to take us to some places of pain that we really don't want to visit, but we need to visit. There was a, a, a gal named Kim who was, she was writing her story and she was talking about having this, uh, this superficial relationship with God, but then coming to a place where she really felt like God was wanting to take her deeper. And she said, you know, Lord, I, I, I want more of you. And, and she, she talked about the fact that she, was, she sat down in a, and in her quiet time, she read the verse from Jeremiah 6.16 that says this. It says, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And she said, you know, I felt like that was, that was God's word to me. And she said, so I, I said to the Lord, you know, Lord, I, I, I want to I, I I walk in that good way. Show me where that good way is. And she said, you know, never in my wildest, wildest imaginations did I believe that God was going to take me where he took me. Because instead of God taking me where I thought I wanted to go or where I thought he would want to take me. She said, God took me to my past. And he made me confront some things that I didn't really want to admit. That I was sexually abused. That I was anorexic. That I had these issues that had developed in my life relationally because of trauma that I had been exposed to. And she said, God took me to that. And she said, as I opened that door and I began to let God in, she said, I experienced a healing of God in such a deeper way than I ever had before. She said, it was incredibly uncomfortable. It was incredibly unpleasant. She said, but as I let God in, he began to do things that I had never dreamed. And she said, then I began to, I got more confident in that, in that transformation. She goes, I, I began to get more confident in, in God reassuring me of who I was. And she said, as I continued to say, Lord, what is that? What's that next step on this good way? What's that next step on this good way? She said, God said to me, now I want you to share what you've discovered with your husband. And she said, my husband didn't know about my painful past. He didn't know about my anorexia. 
He didn't know about any of these things. And she said, and I was, I was scared to death. What would he say? How would he respond? She said, but I felt God telling me, take that next step. And she said, so I decided to walk in that good way. And she said, so I went to my husband and I, I poured out my heart. And she said, and amazingly, she said, my husband responded with such a tenderness. She said, as he held me, I literally felt the arms of God around me. Instead of rejecting me, he opened his heart to me in a deeper way. And she said, and because I was willing to be obedient to God in that good way, God was able to take me not only to a deeper relationship with him, but to a deeper relationship with my husband than I'd ever been before. Look look at me. I, I want you to hear my heart. I'm not even going to begin to tell you that if you go deep with God, that you're going to like every place that he'll take you to. Because I promise you, you won't. But there is a deeper healing. There is a deeper work. There are some deeper things that God wants to do only by opening the doors that we've held tightly shut. You know, I was writing notes to myself in, in this message this week. I, was, I wrote this down, and I just put it there on your outline. I just thought it was a, a good thought. And, you know, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't help you for God to show you what you already know and what you're already being obedient to. And yet sometimes that's the shallow end where we want to live. God, just keep telling me what I'm doing right. Just keep showing me what I'm already living up to. And you know what? We never, we never get stronger or better or deeper if that's the end of the pool that we stay in. Can I give you one more? Going deep is more than just God working in you. It's also about God working through you. Jesus didn't take Peter to the deep water just to make him a better fisherman. He took him to the deep water to prepare him to be a fisher of men. Amen. Now, again, what I want to say to you today is that for some of us, that deep place that God wants to take us to is about not just God doing something in us. It really is about God doing some stuff through us. Remember what I said earlier? God has an imagination for you that you have never dreamed of. God has a dream for you that many of us have not ever begun to tap into. And when we think about going deep, we we often think about it's more knowledge, it's it's more understanding. And yes, it is that, but it's not just about what we take in. It's about what God's going to do. Peter had no idea when Jesus took him to those deep waters. And he had no idea even when Jesus said to him, you're going to be fishing for people. (coughs) Peter would have never dreamed that one day he would stand up to preach his very first sermon and 3,000 people would get saved. That was the dream God had. And my question is, if you went deep with God, what might he do through you? I love the passage of Scripture there in your outline. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27. Would you read it out loud with me? All of you together are the one body of Christ, and each one of you is a separate and necessary part of it. Look at me, church. 
And do you believe that? You see, if the Spirit of Christ lives in you, then here's what I can say to you without hesitation. You are just as called and you are just as gifted for ministry as I am. The only question is, what ministry are you up to? I have a a friend that I grew up with back in Ohio who emailed me um, a few months ago. Uh, He had... uh, been started receiving my devotional, daily devotional by email, and he sent me a, a really nice email to thank me for emailing that to him and what it meant to him. And he said, I, I want to share with you what God's been up to in my life. And, and here's a young man I'd, I'd watch grow up, and I, and I think probably for many years of his life lived a very nominal Christian life, maybe spent a lot of time in the shallow end of the pool. But in the recent years have really opened, his, he and his wife have opened their lives to say, God, whatever you want to do, you know, however you want to do it. And in his email, he was talking about something I just, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine for him. But God had led him and his wife to be a part of a church, and they were a part of a ministry that worked in the most, uh, the most toughest part of town. And he and a group from the church would go out on Friday nights between 8 and 10 p.m., And they would simply encounter people on the street and try to strike up conversations with them to talk to them about their lives, where they were on their journey with God, and if there might be any way that they could simply pray with them. Now, if you could imagine, you know, going to some of the tougher parts of Oklahoma City on a Friday night between 8 and 10 p.m. and just walking up to people and having these conversations, you can imagine it was, it was scary to death. But they, they went out of the group and they tried to stay, you know, stay in, in twos together. But he was talking about this one particular night. He said, we, we, at 10 o'clock, we were wrapping things up. And he said, and he said, we started meeting. We met back at our spot, and he said, and we were walking back to the church together. Here's what he said. He says, we had everyone together, so we started our walk back to the church. He said, it was pretty much pitch black other than just the streetlights. As we turned the corner to walk down the street where the church was, a car came across and cut us off. It blocked our way to the church. One of the men that I had been witnessing to got out of the car. He was obviously emotionally upset, and he came over to me, and he said, I want this Jesus that you've been talking about. He was crying, and he said, this man knelt down right there on the sidewalk, and he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. He's, I've never seen God fall so heavily on a man. It was, he said it was, just, it was just incredible. It was totally God. He said, then this man got up and he grabbed me around the shoulders and he squeezed me tighter than any human being ever had. He absolutely had a death grip on me. And he said, soon I found out why. He put his mouth close to my ear and here are the words he said to me. I was going to commit suicide tonight. I was going to commit suicide tonight. Shaky voice, crying through tears. I was going to commit suicide tonight. He kept repeating those words over and over and over again while holding me tight. He said it was like the realization of what God had just saved him from had just occurred to him. The lies of Satan were exposed and ripped away by the hope of Jesus. He said it was this amazing experience of what God can do through any and every life. He said, you know, there are so many more stories like this from all of us who have been involved in these kinds of ministries. And he said, and what I've learned is this, just keep on preaching, just keep on preaching. 
praying. Just keep on doing what God calls us to do and know God is moving. God is working. God is restoring. God is healing. He is who he says he is and we are who he says we are. Amen? And when I read this, man, my heart just rejoiced. Because here is a young guy that he and his wife opened their lives up to say, God, we want to go deep. And God has used them in ways that we just can't even begin to imagine. Look at me. Do you want to go deep? Rachel, come on up. You know, I don't know what going deep with God will look like for you. I know it's scary. I know it's uncomfortable. I know for some of us, it may be downright frightening about what God might want to say, what God might want to uncover, what doors in our lives God might want to open. And you could spend the rest of your journey in the shallow end of the pool with Jesus if you want to. But my promise to you is he wants to take you out to the deep water. He wants to do some different things in your life than he's done before. He wants to do some new things in your life. He wants to heal some of those places that you're hiding away. He wants to change some of those places that have become strongholds in your life. He wants to let you know more about him than you've ever known before. And he wants to do some things through you that would startle you if he showed them to you right now. But the, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. Lord, I want to go deep. Is that your prayer? Rachel's going to lead us in a song. It's probably my favorite chorus that we do. It's a song that says, draw me close to you. Never let me go. And I want this to be your prayer this morning. And I want you, in however way you need to pray it, to just open your heart fully and just say, Lord, I want all that you have for me. I don't want to stay in the shallow end of my relationship with you. I really want to, I want to plunge in. I want to go deep. And you can pray that right where you are this morning. You can do that. If some of you want to slip out and come to an altar or stand or kneel here, you're, you're welcome to do that. Online audience, wherever you are, make this your moment with God. Open your heart and say, Lord, I don't, I don't know where you want to take me, but I'm willing to go. And let's see what Jesus would do in us. Father, this was such a, such a challenging story for me this week. As I read that passage of Scripture again, I heard your invitation to Peter. I know it was your invitation to me as well and, and to each one of us here. There are places that you want to take us to. There are things that you want to do in our lives. There are truths that you want to show us. There's knowledge that you want to reveal to us. There's insights and discoveries that you want to share with us. There are changes in our lives that you want to make. There's transformation that you want to happen. There are incredible things that you want to do through us. But none of that can happen in the shallow end of the pool. We've got to be willing to go deeper with you. So, Father, today, for each and every person who's 
sitting here or watching this online, Lord, my pray is that you will help us to take a step of faith. That we will first of all pray that prayer that would open our heart and say, Lord, I, I want everything that you've got for me. I don't want you to hold anything back. And then, Father, I pray that you will help us to, to step into this world that you have for us. That you will help us to, to take your word and begin to devour it, to, to sit with it, to sit with you and just allow your Holy Spirit to speak into our lives, to, to open every compartment of our life, to, to allow you to work those changes even in those most uncomfortable places. And as we feel the nudge of your Holy Spirit to step up and to step out, the Father that will be obedient to you Lord, sometimes when we read these scriptures, we, we forget that these people who did incredible things in the Bible were, were just flesh and blood people like us. But they were people who opened themselves to a deeper walk. So God, help us today to begin to go deep with you. May we open all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. May, may that verse that is, is, is Jeremiah 29, 13, it's my life verse. May that be a strong verse for all of us this week. You will seek for me and you'll find me when you search for me with all of your heart. May that be our prayer. In your precious name we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen.